Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. And Daryl Bricker is with us, CEO of uh, Ipsos Public Affairs. Daryl, does that 37% support in Canada for the Conservatives, does that mean as much as it has in the past when 37% was attained by somebody? Is it three points? Are they really about three points away from a majority government? Yeah, they are. Um, If the Conservatives can get themselves to 40%, then they'll be actually knocking on the door of a majority. The issue that they've got right now is the regional distribution of their vote, though. So uh, they're five points ahead of the Liberals, but they're way ahead of the Liberals in Western Canada. Um, and only tied with the Liberals in Ontario. So both parties have 38 in Ontario. So unless the Tories can get themselves a bit more of uh, momentum in the province of Ontario, uh, majority government's probably out of sight. Um, they, they probably have to be leading the, the Liberals by around five in Ontario before they're going to sweep the 905. And when they sweep the 905, it's all over. I'm sorry, tell us again, what's, what are the numbers in Ontario? 38-38. So, so it's tied, obviously, yeah. yeah. But that does mean that the the Conservatives who've lost uh, Ontario uh, in the last three federal elections, this means that they would probably win more seats and they're they're probably knocking on the door of at least splitting the 905. And if that happens, they could win the most seats in the election, but um, unlikely to win a majority. Okay, so there's very little likelihood. The West is going to move away from the Conservatives, I would think. What do the Conservatives have to do to attract the Ontario voters? And what do the Liberals have to do to make sure the bleeding stops in Ontario? Well, it's, it's alignment with the agenda that the public cares about. And what the public really cares right about right now is the cost of living. And mm-hmm. in the place where the uh, uh, the parties are, are really have to compete for seats, it's, it's the, the cost of living associated with housing that tends to be the biggest issue. So you're talking about people who are car commuters living in the 905. Uh, who are having a really tough time getting by, given the mortgages that they've got, given their inability to actually access housing if they need to get housing, that's going to be the issue that people are going to be concerned about. And these are middle-class voters, and they're middle-class voters who tend to switch from left to left to right, and not to the NDP usually, but between the Liberals and the Conservatives. So here we are in July of 2023. The election is does have to be held by... 25. Who knows what's going to happen to the economy between now and then? Who knows how many people are going to find themselves in difficulty as far as their living arrangements are concerned, whether they can afford it? Uh, my joke was, and I put it on uh, Twitter just the other day at the Roy Green Show. My joke early on, Daryl, it's not really a joke. It was just <laughs> an observation. The inflationary trend assures that a person who wants who goes to the gas station and the grocery store on the same morning can't afford to fill up at either. So that that was the reality then. It's probably more difficult for many Canadians now. If the economy falters further or if their home ownership becomes more of a challenge, does that favor one party over the other? Will the opposition party gain from that? Yeah, the opposition will gain because if the economy is not dealing, uh, the, the government's not dealing well with the economy, it's not like the public can blame the opposition for it. They can only blame the incumbents. And, you know, the Bank of Canada could potentially, you know, raise the interest rates again next week. Who knows how much longer that's going to continue. You've got so many people who are in uh, mortgage situations in which those mortgages are going to be coming up and their payments are going to be going up. That's going to obviously increase their cost of living. And people who are trying to get into the housing market are trying to get into a very tight housing market with high interest rates. This is not a good scenario for somebody running for an election. 
What's going on in uh, in the province of Quebec and Atlantic Canada? They they both been reliably liberal for many uh, for many years, except when they voted Bloc Québécois. Well, at least Quebec has not not Atlantic Canada. Right. So in the province of Quebec, the the Liberals have about a five point lead over the Bloc Québécois. But again, it's it depends on how the the vote is. Uh, is clustered. So what happens is the Liberals do really, really, really well in, in the city of Montreal, but not that great outside of the city. So uh, they have the same vote efficiency problem that the Conservatives have in uh, overall in the election. They have it in Quebec. So they don't win as many seats as they should with the votes that they have. But the interesting thing in the province of Quebec, of course, is there's another opposition party uh, that really challenges the Liberals, and that's the Bloc Québécois. The party that's not on the, the two parties that really aren't in the game at the moment are the Conservatives and the, uh, and the NDP. How much of a wild card is the voter turnout? We've so for so long now had really marginal voter turnout around 60, 61, 62 percent most of the time. How much of a wild card is that? Well, what you tend to find is that when people are really enthusiastic about election, and usually they're really enthusiastic about a change election, you know, uh, things changing, voter turnout tends to go up. Um, and so if we start to see that voter turnout is going up, it's probably going to be to the benefit of the Conservatives or anybody voting for change in the next election campaign. Just as we saw, you know, Justin Trudeau really benefited from that in 2015, which was a change election. A lot of people who didn't typically vote uh, showed up and voted in that election. Yet younger people, for sure, uh, showed up at a higher level, but also older people, too, showed up at a higher level than they were showing up previously. Uh, so uh, if we're in a change election and people are really wanting to get at the government and push them out, you can expect to see turnout go up. Daryl, if, if I were to um, ask a, a group of our listeners from across the country, if we had a focus group from the, uh, from the east to the west, and I were to ask them to set aside the, uh, the economic issues and what we've talked about so far in our conversation, what would they bring up other than that? What matters? Uh, the issues that they would probably bring up after that would be related to health care. People are really, really concerned about the future of health care. Uh, they would probably bring up things that relate to inequality and people feeling like uh, um, that uh, there are certain groups of the population that are doing better than others, but not necessarily in a fair way. Uh, but it, it, what, what you tend to see out there, Roy, is it's not the, the big esoteric issues, you know, the, you know, the, the woke politics type issues or international relations type issues that drive voters these days. It's more of a, an American thing. In Canada, it's really meat and potatoes and what happens in my house and how my life is going. And that's what's motivating voters these days if, if we were in an election campaign. Yeah, I've been hearing from a lot of Canadians, including on the air, who are very concerned about what their economic reality is. We've, we've talked to two, uh, actually three people, two we interviewed because they got in touch with me, uh, who are living in their cars. And they said more and more they're seeing groups of people doing this as they lose the ability to uh, to pay for their mortgages or pay for their rent. It all come, eventually comes down to the economy and health care. We're going to be talking to the uh, president-elect of the Canadian Medical Association tomorrow because the CMA is meeting with the premiers next week. Daryl, uh, just a quick word on, uh, on, on your book Next, which I insist that every Canadian should not only read but own. Get to, remind us what the premise of the book is. 
The premise of the book is that the country that you think we live in is really not the country that we're living in. We have a lot of perceptions about how uh, what Canadians are interested in, what the, Can- the shape of the Canadian population is, what the, what the big agenda is going forward, and it's really not uh, what, what's happening. So it's one of those things when I go in and I talk to people about it in person, their jaws drop, um, and because it's not the country that they thought they were living in. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.